You have found the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your weekly dip into the world's game being played here, right here in the Great Lakes state of Michigan. How's it going? My name is Robert Kerr, your host with you once again. Uh, Great two-part episode this week. We speak with uh, Senior Editor of the Cup.us, Josh Hakala, to break down and uh, wrap up the uh, second round of the U.S. Open Cup, which was full of excitement. And then uh, the third round was drawn on Friday and uh, produced some some juicy matchups, including uh, a big one to happen here on April 19th as Detroit City FC will be welcoming the Columbus Crew into Keyworth Stadium on Tuesday April 19th, which is a mammoth game for American soccer, but definitely soccer here in Michigan. Then we speak with the captain, Detroit City FC captain Stephen Carroll is on the program. He will be second up in this week's LaRouge report. A couple quick notes I wanted to shout out. Uh, uh, a youth player hitting the big stage, uh, Jaguars player Amalia Villarreal uh, got called up to the U-17 youth national team. So congratulations um, to uh, Amalia. Good luck for that uh, U-17 World Cup qualifying that you're heading off to. And also want to remind you guys to hit up the michigan soccer central socials uh it's a great intersection of all the different corners of uh soccer here in michigan it really is a great place to to find all the information you need to know on the game as well as uh, promote yourself to the soccer community uh one of the things i picked up on from there uh scanning the michigan soccer central twitter was this week on the 13th, big vote in American uh, college soccer, a vote for the uh, 21st century model, which is a uh, two-semester approach to the men's soccer calendar. I'm hoping to get a guest on there to take a deep dive, uh, whether that votes in or not later this week. Uh, I hope to have a segment with uh, further information on the 21st century model, I look to uh, you know progress uh, college soccer here at least on the men's side for now, but uh, that's it for me now. Before we go on too long, let's get into our great guests. We are going to hear from the captain uh, Steve Carroll in a little bit, but first let's talk some Open Cup with Josh Hakala from the Cup US here on the Michigan Soccer Central podcast. Hey, we're back here on Michigan Soccer Central Podcast to catch us up on uh, an eventful third round draw and uh, maybe one of the most exciting uh, opponents we could draw here in Michigan. Uh, We are bringing in Josh Hakla, editor of thecup.us. He is uh, in deep in covering uh, the cup as he has been for the last 20 or so years. Uh, Welcome to the show. Thank you for spending some time, Josh. Hey, thanks for having me. So Friday, the soccer world was on the edge of their seats to see who would be drawn against each other in the third round draw of the U.S. Open Cup. From your perspective, covering it for uh, your outlet, you know, how? Did, what did you think of the draw? I, I thought it uh, it turned out great. I thought for some of the uh, the matchups we were kind of hoping for. I, I, I think. I think a lot of people were, were looking at some of the, you know, they, they released the pods that they, they set aside for. So for, to try to minimize travel, they, they put the teams in groups of four and six to try to, you know, minimize travel and things like that. And so we kind of knew what the possibilities were and, you know, I mean, Detroit city, for instance, you know, could have gotten Pittsburgh, I think, you know, and which, you know, Pittsburgh's a good team, but obviously everybody wants to get the major league soccer team and, and uh, they got lucky and they did. For a second when I was uh, watching it, I thought they pulled a different team, but it was just the other host. But uh, Detroit was in a group with uh, 
Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Columbus, and um, the two host teams were Detroit City FC and then uh, Cincinnati. But then, uh, so Detroit got drawn to host the Columbus Crew. So, uh, you know, obviously a marquee team in Major League Soccer, an original, and uh, there's been a lot of people tweeting out, uh, MLS is finally coming to Detroit. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, as soon as that matchup happened, I was like, oh, that's going to be the thing. That's going to be the headline. <laughs> you know, when, uh, but it's, you know, it's something that's, uh, you know, if you're a, if you're a Flint City Bucks fan, this is a, you know something you've been there, done that. They've done it like I think seven. They've had, they played seven major league soccer teams in their in their time, and and some of them have come to Michigan, but it hasn't happened in a while. So it, it's nice to have a major league soccer team coming to uh, the state of Michigan and uh, and playing a meaningful game, and and also a team led by a Michigander, which I thought uh, it was a nice touch. Yes, Caleb Porter, head coach of. The Columbus crew led by Caleb Porter with his uh, Michigan roots. And I mean, that's, you know, a very, very exciting draw to have uh, the top tier team and, uh, you know, a marquee one at that come to uh, Keyworth Stadium. Like you said, first time an MLS team has come a long time. The Bucks have uh, plenty of history doing that. Where do you think without getting I mean, it was very, very exciting to see the team uh, drawn on Friday and to have it be part of the, you know, local media uh, conversation is very cool. But um, without going hyperbolic, where do you think this rates as far as, a, a, you know, a matchup in, you know, Michigan soccer lore? Well, I mean, I think some of the, well, I, I think obviously the last time a major league soccer team came to Michigan was when the Bucks beat the Chicago Fire in extra time at the Ultimate Soccer Arenas in 2012. That, that was pretty meaningful. That was actually the uh, what turned out to be the first time that an amateur team in the modern era had defeated two major league soccer teams in their history. So the Bucks already had they beat the New England Revolution one to nothing at Foxborough Stadium back in two thousand, and and no one has you know knocked off two. Very few people have knocked off major league soccer teams in general, but. Uh, the Bucks have done it twice. And so I, I would say that one, you know, ranked pretty high. I've, I've been to most of the MLS games. The Bucks hosted the crew in 2006 and the, the Metro Stars in 2003, you know. And so they, they've had some some big events. Uh, but I would say that win, I mean, has to be right there at the top. I, I think if Detroit City can pull it off, I think that the, the attention – that they would probably receive maybe just because Detroit city has sort of established itself on a national level. People know the team through, I think just through the fans that have, that have made Detroit city a thing. Um, I, I think that if they were to pull off a win, even though it's not as big, you wouldn't say as as big of an upset being like a USL championship level team, you know, versus a, an amateur team like the bucks were. But I think just in terms of the attention they would get, would be higher and so it could be uh, it could be right up there with that chicago fire win i'll say friday morning in the hours leading up to the uh midday uh presentation of the third round draw was one of my favorite uh like uh lower level soccer moments of being on uh social media between your coverage and people interacting with your coverage and a lot of the DCFC accounts and fans and supporters groups were uh, putting a lot of, uh, you know, takes in there and also a lot of uh, memories and people's different stories of open cup games and Detroit city open cup games. And uh, one of the things that popped up there was the highlights of, I think it was Mackie actually posted the highlights of that game you referenced when the uh, Michigan Bucks uh, defeated the Chicago Fire at Ultimate Soccer Arena in Pontiac. Mm-hmm. What I've I've been to some pretty like quiet and uncomfortable uh, games at that uh, venue, but the atmosphere uh, around that game was unreal. It was seemed like a wild experience. Yeah, and 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 to have it indoors too just added to it a little bit. I think it was uh, one of the very few indoor games we've ever had in the in the Open Cup. I think it was uh, at the time was only like the fourth time. I think it was yeah, it was like the fourth time that uh, 
that an a open cup game was held indoors in the history of the tournament. Obviously, you know, uh, indoor arenas weren't really a thing in the first, you know, 80 years of the tournament. So it was, uh, it was kind of cool to have that, have that atmosphere inside and just to have them win too, like was just, I mean, usually most teams, at, you know, an amateur team gets an MLS team there, you know, just to get the game, is is a big deal and and just to be able to get that payday like i i you know dan duggan has told me that you know when you know, in the early days when they were you know they were hosting the metro stars and you know back in 03 you know if you were to host an mls team that basically like sets your budget for the year like you 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 know bring in a big crowd i think they had like four thousand people uh for that metro stars game uh in berkeley and uh you know for for an amateur team that's you know, that kind of takes care of you for the year. If you can pull that off, if you can win a game, that's just off the charts, but, uh, and they were able to pull it off against the fire. There, I mean, it's all about, uh, what ifs and kind of, uh, the competition is really allowing people to kind of like dare to dream sort of thing, like what ifs, you know, and we're at a scenario like that here with Detroit city FC pulling the, what if of like, what an MLS, what if an MLS team, uh, came to play in one of the rounds, and that's exactly what happened. Um, looking nationally, there was uh, a number of kind of like juicy uh, matchups in the third round draw. What are some of the ones uh, that 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 are on your watch list? Because you watch more than anyone. Yeah, I I I think those Florida matchups were. I, I think it was kind of funny that they had the the, the two fans that were drawing the uh, the envelopes who were both from uh, Miami teams, and they ended up getting matched up with each other. It was almost uh, almost too perfect. But um, I, I think those those Florida matchups are perfect. Like that's kind of what everybody, even neutral fans, were were hoping for to get it. You know, a Tampa against Orlando game, and to get you know a little Miami derby, if you will. Um, I, I think those are great. Um, I, I think, I don't know, some of the other ones that, that, that jumped out to me, I mean, I think Pittsburgh and Cincinnati is good. Like Pittsburgh has really come on this year and could give FC Cincinnati a, a run for their money. I'm sure FC Cincinnati will pack their stadium. I mean, they have, they've got a history of doing that. Um, but we still have two amateur teams left too. And I, I think that is, that's always going to give you a, you know, a, a little extra attention, uh, North Carolina Fusion U23s, that they used to be the Carolina Dynamo back in the day. Um, they are uh, playing on the road against Richmond Kickers. Um, that's a USL League One team. I mean, they're a decent USL League One team, but, you know, like that talent gap is not always huge. So, you know, when, when it comes to third division and open division, so you've got them and you've got FC Motown, not the Detroit version, not uh, very confusing for Detroit natives that there's an FC Motown that is not based in Michigan, but uh, they are still in the tournament and, um, and they're, uh, I think they got a, a decent chance against Rochester. The don't call us the rhinos, New York FC. Yeah. That's a whole mess of uh, uh, different uh, names and renames is, is the Motown you referenced, is that like Morristown or something it, like that? It, you are correct. Yeah, Morristown, New Jersey. I, I saw that, and I was like, I feel like I follow Michigan soccer pretty closely, and I don't know an FC Motown. What is this team? And then, of course, my New Jersey friends were like, oh, no, that's Morristown. Like, I didn't know that they used that as a, as a name. It's clever. I'll give them that. That, that works. Yeah, you highlighted the Florida teams, and I do want to come back to the draw itself and the individuals that they had doing there. But another uh, region that stood out to me was um, the Southern California uh, bracket or pod, as you said. It had some interesting matchups with um, LA Galaxy and San Diego Loyal having like the, the Landon, Darnov Landon Donovan showdown. And then LAFC versus uh, USL team in the Orange County SC. Those seems like uh, th those could be some fun matchups as well. Yeah, yeah. Orange County being you know uh, one of the top teams in uh, in USL championship and uh, playing at LAFC and you know the Landon Donovan thing is great. I think that's gonna that's gonna get a lot of headlines. I mean that's kind of what you want out of the tournament. I think if you're like a neutral, if you're someone who appreciates the Open Cup and maybe. Maybe you don't have a dog in the fight, but you'd like to see the tournament do well. You kind of like root for these little 
stories or like there's the uh, Rio Grande Valley um, has uh, Wilmer Cabrera as their head coach, former Houston Dynamo, Houston Dynamo head coach. Those two teams actually used to be affiliated and now they're playing each other. I think that's another, another good one as well. So I, I think there's a, there's a lot of really good matchups. And I think by, by dividing them up into like little regional pods, I think it really, it helps that. Although, you know, on the flip side of that, you can, get a, a, a little bit too much of a good thing i think sometimes um I, I think seattle sounders and portland timber fans would probably i mean to say that um you know that they've had more matchups of against each other in, in recent years that like i can you really get too much of that rivalry i don't i maybe from a neutral perspective maybe but they love it but i think they would rather be able to play each other in like a semi-final or even a final but because of the way it's worked out it's it's never going to happen but you know, I, it still adds a lot of juice to the to the early rounds. So speaking of, you know, we are after round two, like last week was, um, I mean, Detroit City FC uh, beat the Stars in the round. And there was, you know, how many games uh, last week were played in the second round? We had 31. So you had 31 and, and games thank, last thank week. And thanks then for the my sanity, there was only over three days. So I was able to spread them out. If I had 31, 31 games in like a day or two, I, I probably would have lost it. But yeah, 31 over three days. So 31 games over three days and then pretty much, uh, what, two days off and then straight into this draw. And then I don't think you were really off because you were processing all that and then getting ready for the next thing. So uh, how is this is like return to covering the, 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 the tournament in action? What's been uh, like some of your biggest, uh, like the anecdotes of covering this cup so far? Well, I, I think, I mean, just if you want a like a behind the scenes of it, like, I think I published the last recap from Thursday night, like Friday, early afternoon, just because, you know, there were just so many games and, um, and I, so I was able to actually catch up. And I think I was, I was actually excited that I've had so many people reach out to help out. And, you know, we can never have enough help when it comes to people covering games, writing, doing graphics, website stuff. Um, but I was, it was actually a challenge early on because we have been off for two years. And so I have hundreds of people on my, you know, writers roster that I, that I reach out to, to, to cover games. But the problem is it's been two years. So like a lot of people moved, a lot of people aren't doing soccer anymore. You know, like there's a lot of life changes that have happened in the last two years. So it was tough to kind of get the band back together. But now I think we've kind of, we've got some new people involved and, you know, I, we had people at pretty much every game. There was maybe a couple exceptions, but um, that's, that's our goal is to have people on, you know, at the games, uh, writing the stories, talking to the people who are making the headlines and, and it was a lot of fun. It was chaotic and crazy and I slept very little. Um, but it, yeah, we pulled it off. So it was a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. It's been a heck of a ride and it's, it's been cool to see, uh, you know, people locally involved with it, interacting with like kind of more national outlets and then uh, I've, there's been a lot of conversation with your account and lots of people asking questions. And I've seen a lot of people appreciate the fact that you guys are uh, explaining things to a lot of people who are even new to it or, you know, two years ago, can't remember how things usually played out. And like I said, late last week was one of my favorite, like, grassroots soccer uh, moments as a, like a, from the online aspect. Looking forward, though. Detroit City FC plays the Columbus Crew April nineteenth. Um, is there any indication of if if they pull it off and they were to advance past the third round, would we would it remain would it be like the winners of the the other team in the pod? I, I don't think that it, I'm pretty sure that it, they do not do that. Like I think that they would repod them again if you want to use that. Um, it, it's but. I would imagine that they, you know, if you were to repod, you know, this whole thing, a lot of them would stay the same, but I think that they sort of leave it open so that if you do have some, you know, massive travel situation, you can kind of correct that a little bit, like, so that we don't have as many, you know, teams from Oakland, California, traveling to Greenville, South Carolina. I, I think you want to try to avoid that if you can especially midweek, especially lower division teams, like they don't have unlimited budgets. So um, I, I think that 
it would likely be, I, I, I would guess, like, you know, they would probably play, you know, the, the winner of this game would probably play the winner of uh, Pittsburgh and, and Cincinnati. That would be my guess. But, you know, just depending on, you know, the, the way that the, it works geographically, like, I don't know, maybe Cincinnati is like a better fit for, I don't know, maybe if Louisville City, like, ends up you know advancing and like they'll need like a, a closer team like that and and that would be attractive too so who knows it, it, it's kind of it makes it interesting when the when the draw comes around and i think you were mentioning how exciting it was for you know like for lower division soccer fans and everything i, I it, it's not unlike you know the march madness bracket reveal you know and things like that like everybody like gets together and like where you know where's my team gonna be or like you know who are gonna be the matchups and and I, I thought that was great. I, I, so many people were just chiming in, and, and we had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it was great to see a lot of people post memories and uh, you know pontificate on what it could be. And then that's just kind of the tournament in general is it's fun what it produces, and it's also kind of fun like, oh, what, what could this be if this tournament was taken to the max? And speaking of which, I, we, we touched on it earlier, the draw itself and how uh, it was presented. Um and the 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 folks pulling the the envelopes were 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 fans. I'm guessing the production was in Miami. Well, it was a Miami fan and a inter Miami fan. Yeah, uh, they were pulling like oversized envelopes, and there was even like a, a gaff where there was an an envelope that already opened, and they had to re pull it because he didn't add it into the pool. Yeah, and there was a couple couple kind of oddities. Um, what was your take on like the actual like uh, quality control and just like the, the 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 way that played out on Friday? I think I think it's great. Uh, they they started doing that in I think 2015, where they they started having these draws presented, and you know, and it, it's not too much different. I mean, it, I, I feel like you know, like the production value is fine. You know, it's a, it's kind of low key, but you know, I thought it was the the the, the best possible production from 1988 yeah no i i, I in fact it, it's kind of very open cupish <laughs> like you know, and I mean, I mean that in a positive way i guess <laughs> so i i did like you know involving the fans in it um and uh it just yeah i mean just trying to add something to it they, they they threw out some fun facts i mean they did it pretty we have actually been talking about doing this ourselves uh years ago yeah, and and we we thought about doing this, but we never got the the video production angle all put together and the cost and everything. But like we we were pretty much going to do the same thing, where like you you reveal the bracket or you reveal the matchups, and then you just kind of chat briefly about like, oh, here's what you know this Landon Donovan coming to the galaxy and da 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 da. Like you throw out your fun facts and kind of explain things a little bit because there's a lot of new people who don't know what even soccer people who don't really know what's going on. And so we, we try to, you know, be that, uh, that source for them to, to, to figure out what uh, this tournament's all about and why it works the way it does. And so they would, and, and also, you know, as you talked about, like people you know, say, Oh, it could be better if they did this, or it could be better if they did that. We've been having those conversations for almost 20 years. So at least on our side, we just had our 19th birthday. So that was uh, we're we're almost twenty years old. Congratulations on that, and uh, just like uh, I don't know what the word really is, but uh, I'm happy for you that uh, after two years off, you're able to to be in your element once again, like in the thick of it, covering this uh, unique and pretty awesome tournament. Yeah, it's been it's been fun, and then I I don't miss the 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 lack of sleep uh, during the game weeks, but um, and my wife certainly doesn't appreciate it either. But uh, she is more supportive than uh, than I could ever hope for. So it's a uh, it's basically my my children get ignored the week of the tournament. So it, it's uh, you guys uh, you know fend for yourselves, and uh, I'll be talking about soccer for you know three days in a row. That's the pizza pocket nights, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, mac, mac and cheese, mac, microwave. Yeah, whatever you need to do. You just do it. Well, round three of the uh, Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup uh, is to be played April 19th through 21st. And locally here in Michigan, Detroit City FC will welcome Columbus crew on April 19th. Josh Hakala, editor of the Cup.us. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time and breaking it all down for us once again. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me.
and listener in this week's LaRouge Report. I'm very excited to have the captain on the the show for the very first time uh, to review a very busy and fruitful uh, football weekend. Uh, thank you for joining us, uh, Captain Stephen Carroll. No problem at all. It's great to be here. And uh, we are talking uh, just over 48 hours after your win in Georgia, and you just had to wrestle your dogs. What happened? Yeah, so everyone knows Everyone knows me anyway. I have two dogs. One's pretty smart, and the other one's a big, bougie kind of dog. And she always gets into trouble, uh, but she got out. Um, I don't know if it's my flimsy gait or not, but she got out, and we had to wrestle her back in and stuff like that. So, But we got her back in. She's all good to go again. She's just trying to welcome you home, making sure you're paying yeah. attention to her while you're back uh, back it's home. It's kind of scary so that, you know, it's kind of worrying when she if she does get out. Other people are kind of intimidated by her. So, But uh, she's a sweetheart. Uh, we just got to get her back in so no one uh, calls a pound or anything like that. <laughs> well, I'm very excited to get you on the show. Um, a stalwart of Detroit City FC. The captain, as I said, been here uh, uh, for LaRouge uh, since NPSL days, and uh, we are in the thick of it. Uh, USL Championship, five games in, as well as uh, in the, the domestic cup competition. Um, since it's been kind of a, not only a double match week with games, but there's been a lot of events otherwise. Can we have kind of a just a story time with the captain? Kind of walk us through this busy week here. Yeah, um, obviously it was a pretty tough week. Uh, we had three games in obviously, seven days. Uh, the Open Cup is obviously a big one. Uh, everyone in the country kind of looks forward to that To that one. Uh, every team in the country looks forward to that one. So that was, uh, uh, you throw that in a mix between uh, the first couple of weeks of our first USL Championship game. It's kind of, it's kind of tough. But, um, you know, we did well. We, we played against a team that we played for the last couple of years. Uh, did very very well against them, which is good. Good to it's good to hear for a Detroit fan and a Detroit player. Um, you know we did have to travel this weekend to um Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, um against a very active and very um high energy team. So it was a uh, it was it was a tough week, but uh you know we got we got the win against Michigan Stars and we also got a comfortable win against Atlanta. So um in the league, so it's. It was a definitely a great week for us. Yeah, you guys had uh, not allowed or scored over one goal, and in back-to-back uh, performances, you guys hit three and kept a, a clean sheet. Um, uh, at that point, when the games are coming thick and fast, is it is it uh, uh, fun at that point? Like kind of getting in the rhythm of playing a lot, or is it kind of uh, you described it as tough. Do you do you think it's a harder work, or is it kind of a pleasure of being in the grind? It's hard. It's hard in the sense that you have not much downtime, obviously, between games. Um, so you have, you don't really have much time to reflect on the past game and the game that you had. Uh, you just previously played, so you can like evaluate, get better. You know, um, think about mistakes, think about positives, negatives, and stuff like that. So there's not much downtime between the games, so you can't really uh, improve. Uh, to use that word so much for the next game but you know it's great it's also great in a sense where like you could forget about what you just did and just keep trucking along and you know taking that positive positive motivation and positive um you know uh, results onto the next game so um is there's pros and cons to it obviously when it's like you said thick and fast but you know you just got to do what you got to do everyone's got everyone has this kind of same schedule so it's not as if you're you um, have a bad look of you know fixtures, but it is what it is. Uh, like I said in the introduction, you've been uh, a Detroit City FC player for a number of years, and I've had a lot of uh, smoky environments due to celebrations uh, from the Northern Guard. Have you ever felt sabotaged by the smoke in the arena? Sabotaged. Definitely not. <laughs> um, I don't. I've never heard that as long as I've been here. And being with guys who've been here before me for, since day one, since the Northern Guard started this uh, this business, uh, never once heard the word sabotage. You know, it's it's an even playing field. You no, know, 
Um, like myself, I can't really see in general. I have really poor eyesight. I have contacts and glasses and stuff like that. So it's not as if like anyone's getting any sort of leverage. Only the only leverage you probably get out of it is in- intimidation leverage kind of situation. So uh, I definitely wouldn't use the word sabotage. You know, they all, everyone that comes here and they get smoked out, as they say. I can see on their Instagram the next day that they're posting pictures and making and making themselves look good from those smoke bombs and stuff. So I don't understand how uh, people can say that there's some sabotage going on. So after after uh, you you managed to survive uh, uh, the Open Cup win, uh, congratulations! That that's I believe the the first like regular uh, time uh, win like a non penalty kick win to get into the the third round of the cup and i believe you guys were in the airport uh on your way to your second away trip down to georgia you guys were in the airport when the third round draw was happening i, I heard you some of you guys were were streaming it while you were boarding the airplane yeah we were actually i think we just got to our seats we were sitting down and uh two three like we were all obviously together in the in in the airplane um two three guys had uh had the stream going so yeah we just got the news probably 10 minutes before we had to shut the phones off uh which is great you know a home game for against the mls team is phenomenal for us yeah what was that uh that reaction when when they pulled that envelope uh i think the majority was obviously it was excitement um a home game against the mls team uh i don't know if it's ever been done for detroit um obviously in the last couple of years that I've been with Detroit. Uh, I think the furthest we went was against uh, Cincinnati away, but I don't think I think they were USL at the time. Um, but you know, it was excitement. Um, uh, we all all questioned uh, how they got a fair on a on a cold Tuesday night in um, Detroit. But we'll we'll see how that goes. But it's going to be a great time. I feel like. So uh, you you guys have a rush of excitement getting on the plane to go down to georgia um kind of a uh obviously a great win for the side but you said uh how did you describe it they were energetic it, se- it seemed like uh it kind of came unraveled there in the second half for your your hosts yeah i mean it's a it's a latitude they have a lot of uh, young academy kids trying to break into the the first team atlanta's mls team and stuff like that um they're all very technical very quick very um, very difficult to mark one on one. Um, uh, Trevor said before the game, like try not to be in those situations where like you are one on one because they're so young and energetic, like I said, and fit and very, very, very technical. So it just you know it unraveled for them because we felt like we were a better team um, collectively. Um, but we, I feel like we had better strategies and more impose more physical dominance on them so yeah we're always worried about you know they are a good team we're not going to take them lightly at all um they won last week i think um so like we are not going to take them lightly so we try to impose on them as much as possible as early as possible and then like you said they kind of unraveled a little bit in the second half then after that so what kind of things can you do out on the field to avoid getting in a a one-on-one it's always about uh, Trevor James always says about it's about your work rate. It doesn't matter where you are in the field, um, and that work rate will bring you into situations where you're not alone. Um, defenders, midfielders, and strikers alike. That you know, if you if you work for your team and get around and get support, and you know you're not going to ever be in situations where they're going to be dangerous because you always got to have a man up. So um, it's just the work rate that like brings us all together uh at the end of the day you know you're never going to be left one-on-one with a player so i think we guys the guys this weekend did a great job of that um how how has uh the the new team come together i mean there there was obviously a few returners coming back from last year but there's a lot of new uh components and players this year how how is that coming together how, how have you uh it seems that there's been some seamless ones just from uh a viewing perspective but how is the the gelling of the new squad going it's uh, honestly it's been honest uh smooth as smooth as can expected it's very trevor i've said it since i've met trevor since uh mpsl days that 
he know he doesn't just bring in the most talent, talented players. He brings in um, those uh, those players that have character and that have like the same values as the club and the same morals and stuff like that. So it's kind of easy that way when he does recruit players that uh, will naturally fit in. Um, so like the new guys now, Declan, you know, Reese, Antoine, we have loads and loads of them that like just just slotted in perfectly. Never skipped a beat and just you know gelled with the guys that were there, that were there previously, uh, straight from the bat. Um, and it's all about open and honest conversations from the start, which they were more than welcome to do. Um, just by you know locker room banter, if, even if that's even that's the smallest case you could do, they've they've all in, gotten themselves involved in it. Um, which makes it so much easier to gel as a team on the field. Uh, you know, if you like everyone on the team, then it's easier to play with and you know easier to get around you know especially in tough situations where we knew this year would be going to be a pretty tough year because it's a big jump up um standard wise so you know Trevor bringing in those guys and like the experienced guys that's been around the block as well which you know made everything a lot easier yeah how how has it been for you 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 just said it's a, it's a big jump up in the standard how, how have you felt that transition so far um, I felt pretty good. Um, I obviously everyone knows that like the USL Championship is very good. Um, which is why we've been kind of expi- aspiring as a club and even as a person on a personal level, me to go there and get there. Uh, I'm just so happy that you know Detroit got the opportunity and I got the opportunity to stay with Detroit to do that thing. Um, but everyone, everyone on the team right now is at that caliber, if not better. Um, so it's you know it's it's a huge jump when you think about where we were last year, but when you get there and you play against the top teams and you compete and you compete every week with them, it's not like just a one-off game, and you gain respect with them. And each week that goes by, and they keep telling you after games or when you talk, have conversations that they they respect us and they're like, oh wow, like we weren't expecting a team in their first year to be this good kind of situation it definitely motivates you and it definitely gives you the confidence that like yeah you should be here no problems um you know that's been happening a lot and people are starting to recognize us that like this team these players are good enough to be where we are who was saying that what like when you're talking to players after the game who who's telling you guys yeah. uh about players that? players for sure i've said that but I think the most uh, telltale sign was it was when we played San Antonio away um, and we lost 1-0 and um, uh, before the season started I think San Antonio were um, favorites to kind of win it all I, I think that's what I was saying online and and through USL and stuff like that and we played them and we we gave them a run for the money honestly I feel like we were very unlucky to come away with no points if not three points um, and we were walking off the field down the tunnel and our fans, the Northern Guard, were at the other side of the field, so it was solely their fans at the tunnel. Uh, lo- loads of them were clapping us off the field. Uh, it was just us at the time, clapping us off the field, and said, "We'll see you guys in the playoffs." And that was like the first. That was our first ever game in the USL Championship, and and you know, for to do that to the team that's supposed to be one of the best around, uh, and their fans are clapping us off and saying, "We'll see you guys soon." It was definitely um. Definitely, uh, eye open up for us. That's great. That's a lot of respect there, and I'm sure. Yeah, it sounds like it, it gave you a, a good boost there. Um, the team is obviously on the ascent, you know, game by game, like earning, earning their stripes at this level. Um, you personally, uh, you you have been rising with the team. Uh, just not too long ago, did you have your sights on this this level of play of being a pro player? Um. Yeah, I I feel like um, I always thought I could be here uh, at this at this uh, level. Uh, I've had many conversations with Trevor, and uh, Trevor has huge. Obviously, his resume goes way beyond American soccer, and so deep that you know none of us can really understand that. Um, but I've had conversations with Trevor the last couple of years uh, that he believes I could have been here a long time ago, and um. And I like to think I would too, but you know, I was just very happy where I was in my life uh, at this age and what what football I was playing. So 
was very happy to stay around with Detroit. But um, when it when it comes from a guy like Trevor, that he thinks that I definitely had the ability to do it a long a long time ago. You know, it means something. It definitely means something for a guy that has two Champions League medals. <laughs> so I think he knows what he's talking about, which um, you know, gave me a lot of, a big boost. But I was happy in my life where I was. Um, I'm just really happy that I got the opportunity to go to this level with Detroit. Uh, that, that 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 that's that's a, a great story, and the fact that uh, the American soccer uh, is shaped in a way to where um, a lot of the time uh, the access to that success isn't necessarily a a direct path, and that's kind of what I wanted to ask. Um, you you predate uh, Coach James, I believe, at Detroit City FC. How did you first get brought to the club, um, like after college and whatnot? Yeah, so um, I actually came to America first uh, on a soccer scholarship to a NAIA school in Tennessee. Um, I actually met my future wife in that school, and then she moved back to Detroit because she's a Detroit native. I transferred to um, Davenport in Grand Rapids, and I never knew there was a, such a big soccer scene in the summer, MPSL, where they had GRFC, uh, who were huge at the time, um, rivaling Detroit. And I was obviously in Grand Rapids. I was trying to play for Grand Rapids. And when I went home for one Christmas, when I came back, they said they didn't want me anymore. Grand Rapids didn't want me anymore. So I went looking for Detroit because my fiance lived in Detroit. And I said, oh, I might as well stay, live, in this, live in Detroit for the summer with MPSL. And at that time, it was Ben Pearman, who was the, the coach, who was assistant coach at Michigan State, uh, came over there, I think it was 2017. Um played in the summer in the MPSL, played ever since, uh, every summer since. And then Trevor came in 2019 uh, and then gave me a call and said he wanted me to keep me on then for the the Members' Cup, which was the the first attempt at the pro and MPSL days. Uh, and then we went to Nissan and then we went to USL Championship. So I just kind of luck at the draw when this all came around. Um, you're going from being rejected by Grand Rapids to playing with Detroit and now playing USL Championship with Detroit. Coach James, uh, you know, raising the raising the uh, the levels and uh, you know uh, bringing you up to this point, and uh, that's uh, an amazing tale of uh, rising the 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 ranks in American soccer. Definitely not uh, a direct path, and it's no. an amazing moment uh, that yourself and the the club has gotten to. Like I said, in the thick of your first USL championship season in the American Second Division, and then uh, getting wins in Open Cup in the same week, and get drawn against uh, uh, an MLS uh, stalwart in Columbus to come to town uh, next week. But first off, uh, the first uh, challenge before Columbus comes to town, the Birmingham Legion is coming into town. On Friday night, uh, it's going to be on ESPN two. Uh, so the stages are, are getting bigger week by week. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think going into this game on Friday? I mean, I feel like at this, um, even this early age, early stage of the season, you know, it's a very long season, thirty-two or something game season. Um, it's it's kind of important for the team, like, to just take every game as it comes. Um, you know, it's not going to be like the last couple of years with Detroit where um, you're going to dominate and you go smash every team every week and win every game and stuff like that. So you got to take every every game week by week. Um, but, you know, we got to have the mentality that like we're, we're home, we got to be aggressive, we got to go try to get the three points. Um, so it's every game in this at this level is is very tough and you know we have to expect a very tough game and but also try and try and be aggressive and be on the front foot because we are at home and we don't like to uh lose a draw at home because you know that's where our fans are and that's where we have to quote unquote make our money because you know these are the guys that support us week in week out so we got to do it at home every week but um it's always going to be challenging. Every every week is going to be challenging, mentally and physically. So, uh, it's going to be an interesting Friday night, for sure. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm very excited. I think I'm actually finally going to get to to go down there this season. Um, it'll be great to see you and uh, see another uh, new team come and visit uh, another new team, uh, Birmingham Legion, to, to, to learn about a bit. Uh, uh, this level is, you know, new to all of us here in the region. Uh, what are you, uh, before I let you go, um, I saw on your Wikipedia that you, you played Gaelic football as a youngster. Is that true? Wow, I have a Wikipedia now. That's that's great. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I I, used, I played, um, I think I played three sports up until, I think I... I gave up one at like 14, 15, and then I had to give up Gaelic football at uh, 18, 19 um, until, uh, until I had to decide I was going to be a soccer player, basically. Um, but yeah, I played Gaelic football, very tough sport. I'm, it's physically, physically demanding, um, but it was honestly one of the best sports there is to play, if not outside soccer, obviously. Um. I I spent some time in the UK growing up, so I got a glimpse of it. There's not too much exposure to to Gaelic sports, even though I I, I the the small exposure I've had to them, I love them like uh like hurling and then the Gaelic football. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Gaelic football is a lot like soccer, but you can also pick it up, and yeah. there's also some fighting involved. Yeah, that's where that's where I kind of <laughs> excelled is the fact that I was able to pick it up because. Yeah, the old school Gaelic football coaches and players. Uh, if you try to play soccer on the field, um, they did not like you at all. So you know they kind of targeted you. Um, but I oh, also there's like a class difference of the hand guys and the feet guys. And there isn't, but you know, as a when I when you played when you played a sport as a soccer basically player, you kind of just kick it on the ground instead of picking it up, and they always want you to pick it up no matter what. Um, where it doesn't matter if it's better to kick it on the ground or whatever, but you know, there's a the old the old folks in Ireland would um call it a, a soccer, the foreign sport. So if you didn't pick it up and put it in your hands and run with it, then you were playing the foreign sport, as they said. Um, which is annoying because the quicker way was to kick it on the ground, <laughs> you know. Um, but. I loved it. You, I was actually very good at it. Uh, I think I was very good anyway. Um, and it was the fittest, fittest I've ever been in my life because it was this constant running up and down the field for, I think it was like 70 minutes, 80 minutes. Um, it was tough. Very, very tough to play. And in the Gaelic football, do you pass with kicks or do you like throw it over arm? It's, it's passing with kicks. Yeah. So, drop kicks, you know, side volleys, whatever it is. It was all basically being like a goalkeeper to pass the ball. Um, and I loved it because it, it was kind of fun to do kind of that stuff that I was never usually doing with soccer, obviously. Um, so right, even right now, like the, the goalkeeper's Nate is unbelievable. Nate Steinwasher is unbelievable. Like his distribution out of his hands or on his feet. But out of his hands, I can definitely match him with with his kicking. Like it's because I used to play that sport growing up, and it, it just brings me back every time I get to do it at training with him. Just like side volleys to him and stuff like that. It's a uh, it was fun. It was definitely a good time in my life. Now that we're talking it through, uh, Gaelic football seems like the version of soccer that Americans could embrace wholeheartedly. Yeah, there's actually um, there's a few leagues in Ireland uh, in Ireland. Sorry, in America, uh, there's one in. There's a, a Gaelic football league in Detroit. Um, I think it's run by the Gaelic leagues, the bar, the pub uh, in Corktown. Um, and then when I was in, when I lived in Boston for a summer, when I was uh, my freshman year, a couple of my buddies were actually flown out from Ireland to play in the Boston leagues uh, mm-hmm. because it was so serious. <laughs> Taken in Boston, um, they was to put them up, get them jobs house them and everything just to play this amateur sport on the weekends. It was, it was good times. So you hail from Cork in Ireland. What is something that you, you've obviously been stateside for quite a while, but what's something from back home that you, you'd love to have uh, here in Metro Detroit? Oh, uh, a good point of Guinness, I'd say. <laughs> uh, the, you don't, we don't pour it the same way here, right? No, I don't think so. And it's very hard to find. It's uh it's a very difficult thing to find around here, and you know, um, to make to make the things worse is that you know 
in Ireland they have the Guinness glass and they don't have it in America. It's just a specific glass that Guinness is supposed to be poured into. So it's kind of hard to find around here. And I've had loads of people always ask me um, where to go in Detroit or where to go around here for a good Guinness because I'm the Irish and everyone associates, associates me with the Guinness and stuff like that. And I haven't, I don't know where to tell them. It's, it's, it's annoying. <laughs> That's funny that you're the first Irishman that uh, I've spoken with that, that actually does like the Guinness. Uh, they, the, the the guys that I know, they, they just like Heineken. Heineken? Oh, I, I couldn't do Heineken now. <laughs> well, uh, Steve Carroll, captain of Detroit City FC, his side plays on Friday night in Hamtramck as well as the following Tuesday, the 19th, against uh, MLS side the Columbus crew. Thank you, uh, Captain, for uh, joining the Michigan Soccer Central podcast. No problem. I appreciate you having me on. All right. That about does it for another great episode of the Michigan Soccer Central podcast. Rob Kerr here. So grateful to be here and have uh, such great conversations and uh, really get in deep on soccer here in Michigan. Thank you to my guests, uh, thank you to all the guests I've had on all these episodes, but especially this week. Thank you to Josh Hakala for insights and some depth and a lot of history into the Open Cup. Really looking forward to that game against Columbus. That's going to be unreal. And then thank you to Detroit City FC Captain Stephen Carroll. Uh, delightful that uh, he uh, joined me late night to uh, after he chased down his dogs to talk about uh, his exciting ascent with LaRouge and then uh, his uh, story and the clubs coming to uh, this amazing point where they are competing uh, week in, week out in the USL Championship as well as uh, getting some marquee matchups in the Open Cup. So exciting times. Um, (laughs) Youth season started in soccer, so there's a whole lot of soccer going on. Uh, We are really going to be uh, heading into the busiest part of the season, uh, coaching my kids, commentating for Oakland County FC, putting together this awesome show while all the summer leagues are happening. We got USL Championship, and uh, everything's all coming together. So lots of fun to be had. So if you want to keep up to date, be sure to check out at MI Soccer Central across all the social media platforms. And until next time, everybody, enjoy your soccer. Thank you.